Praise God. Let's look at Matthew 13, verse 45 this morning. Got something different on my heart for today as we go into uh, the week of Thanksgiving. Matthew 13, 45, it says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all he had and bought it. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one, one pearl of great price, went and sold all he had and bought that one pearl. In uh, the Amplified, it says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, and upon finding a single pearl of great value. Single pearl of great value, he went and sold all he had and bought that one pearl. In the verse preceding um, these verses, uh, Matthew 13, 44 it says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy over it, he does and sells all he has and buys that field. In the CEB, it says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that somebody hid in a field, which someone else found and covered up, full of joy, the finder sold everything and bought that field. In the NLT, it says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In a field, in his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. So you see the pearl. This man found a pearl that was of great value. And he sold everything he had to get that one pearl. And then here it says, the man found a treasure in a field and he sold everything he had to get that field because of the treasure. Now look at Matthew 7, 6. We'll come back. I believe we're going to, of course, talk about these things, but just kind of setting the stage here. Let's look at Matthew 7, verse 6. Here it says, do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. In the voice uh, version, it says, Don't give precious things to dogs. Don't cast your pearls before swine. If you do, the pigs will trample the pearls with their little pig's feet, and when they turn, then they'll turn back and attack you. So you see, the verses we read talked about a pearl of great price. The, uh, the man sold everything to get that pearl. Then you see a, a field. The man had a tre saw a treasure in that field, sold everything to get that treasure. Here you see the Bible saying, don't throw things of great value be before somebody that doesn't value them. Some, something that doesn't value So you, the value of something, or I should say it this way, 
how you view something determines its value to you, and how you treat that thing determines its value to you. And what we value, you can see that in the, the parable, uh, or the, the co- Jesus commenting on the, the man with the field, that man was greatly excited about the field that he found, that treasure. He, he was not complaining over the fact that he was going to sell everything he had and get that field. He was excited about it. It said that for joy over that field, he went and sold everything. It said full of joy, he sold everything. It said in his excitement, he sold everything. In other words, he was not dragging his feet. He was willingly selling everything to get that. So he was excited. So what we value... We're excited about, we're thankful for. What we don't value, we take for granted. You could say it this way, what we are thankful for is what we place value on. What we take for granted is what we place little value on. You know, the pig, he doesn't know the difference between a pearl and a rock. Isn't that right? This is not knocking pigs per se, just saying he doesn't know. He just doesn't know. You put a rock, you put a marble. You put a marble and a a pearl, he does not know the difference. He's just going to treat them the same, right? On the other hand, I mean, same thing you could say with a diamond. You know, pearls are one thing. In our society, diamonds in general have more value. I suppose you could have really nice pearls and whatever, but generally... Uh, gold and diamonds and platinum are the things that, you know, uh, we see as precious, even though some of that's very, you know, like diamonds, there's a lot more that's all controlled so that you can, so that they, they, the prices are higher. But in general, in our society, those are more valuable, right? Well, uh, I think I saw, there was some, uh, some video, somebody sent me, or I saw it somehow, where this guy, I mean, I don't know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but this guy was, uh, proposing to this girl right by like a, some water, took the ring out, and the minute you see that, you're like, oh no. There's, there's like a waterfall next to it, and he's getting down, and it was like, boop, 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 and there goes the ring. That was very valuable, it's gone. And you're like, ugh. That little thing, that, that, that was worth so much, and now it's gone. Well, if it was a rocket, you mean you throw rocks off there. The kids do it all the time. You got to be careful. They don't, don't do that in certain things. You know, I know we used to go to the lake, and we would see how far we could skip rocks. You know what I'm saying? How many of you done that? Try to get the smooth stones, you know. We just did, there's rocks all over the shore, and you take, you try to find the really sm- flat ones, and you, you know, and ding, 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 ding. Get seven, eight, nine of them, you know, to bounce. You're not thinking, oh, a rock. (laughs) You might. I mean, kids do that. Ooh, this is a cool rock. I'm keeping that one, right? How many of you did that? You had rock collections. This is a really, oh, wow, that's real. Okay, I'm going to keep that one, too. This one, eh, that one's good. But, you know, even there's a value scale uh, with, when you're skipping rocks, there's good rocks and there's bad rocks. If you just got a round rock, it might be good for something else. It's no good for the skipping. It's just going to plop right in there. But you get a nice, smooth, flat, 
Not too, too light and flat. It's got to have some substance to, us, to it, right? But it's got to be flat, got to have some weight. You fling it and you can get a good skip. Well, but you're not thinking. If you took somebody's diamond ring and go, let's see if we can skip this. Hey, mom, give me your ring. Hey, Shelly, give me your ring. I want to, what do you want? Well, sure, what do you want to do with it? I want to throw it into the lake. What do you think the reaction would be? What's wrong with you? You know, she knows the day I gave her that ring. It's not only, that is doubly valuable, right? It's, it's not just the, um, it's not just the substance of that. You know, it's increased in value like everything else. It's worth more now than when I, I bought it for. If you were to replace it, it would cost me more. But, of course, there's inflation and everything. It's, but more monetarily than when I bought it. But it's also, you know, I, I proposed to her over 22 years, or I proposed to her about 23 years ago. We know where we were. You know, I proposed to her on a bridge in West Virginia. That's a different story. <laughs> Some of the kids have seen that bridge. We, you know, we went by that. I knelt down on a bridge in West Virginia and proposed to her with that ring. If I'm going to throw it into the lake, that'd be like, well, that's a valuable ring. We could replace the ring, but that ring was given that day. It's more valuable. On the other hand, you could have a ring that's, I mean, my ring is just a band of gold. It, compared to her ring, is a lot cheaper, a lot less expensive. I mean, multiples. It's just a band. Hers is a band of gold with a nice diamond, some other diamonds, you know. Well, that's just the way it usually goes. The girls have the flashy ring. The guys, well, okay. We're all set, you know. But this is valuable to me because of what it represents. But, you know, like her ring especially, I know she picked out that ring. It was special to her. We went and looked, and she wanted a certain shape of diamond. And, you know, it, it was important to her. It wasn't like, I just want something extravagant. She just wanted something decent. And uh, we could replace it with a ring now, and you could replace it with a ring and spend a lot more money, but it, it would have lost some value because there's other value, right? On the other hand, you, you could have a ring that, you know, like I was saying, my ring, I mean, it's sentimental value, but I mean, it's just a gold band, and it has value for that. But I, I wouldn't look at it and go, it, it's a lot easier to replace this just visually than hers. I mean, it's a different look. But you could have something that was out of a candy machine and somebody gave it on a ring. And it could be very valuable to, it, to you because somebody gave it to you, right? It's not the intrinsic, it's not how much somebody else will pay for it, it's how much you would pay to get back. Somebody may not. May they be like, that's, that's trash. It's just, it's not that, that valuable. But for you, you don't, you want it. Well, that's intrinsic that, that's how we value something. And what you truly value, you're going to be thankful for. You don't, you don't uh, just, I mean, they go hand in hand. If you don't value something, if you think it can just happen anytime, then, and we think that way, then we're not going to esteem it. But if we value something, we will esteem it. And how we value things has everything to do with our perspective how we look at things or people or circumstances in life. Why don't you turn to, jo or not you, you can turn there. Uh, we're going to be there for a little bit, but let's put it up. Jonah 3.10. Jonah 3.10. 
Jonah 3.10. Now, if you know, um, well, I'll give you some background. So, if you're familiar with Jonah, you know, Jonah and the whale, or Jonah and the great fish, and, you know, whatever people say, well, that whale couldn't swallow, you know, uh, a man, whatever. It was a great fish, and I believe the Bible um, there was some sort of great animal that swallowed Jonah. But the way it happened, Jonah was a prophet of God, and Jonah, here he is a prophet of the Almighty, prophet of God, used to speak the word of the Lord to Israel. And uh, the word of the Lord comes to him, and the Lord tells him, to go to Nineveh. Nineveh was an evil place full of people that did not respect God. They were evil people. And so Jonah decides he doesn't want to go to Nineveh. And so he gets on a boat going head in the opposite direction. So here's a prophet of God, knows he hears God's voice, knows God's telling him to go somewhere, and he decides, I'm going 180 degrees in in the opposite direction. I'm going away from that. Don't throw any stones at Jonah. Just look straight ahead. Uh, Every one of us have probably done something sort of like that at some point. It's just, it looks on on its face, that's dumb. Think about it. He's a prophet of God. He knows God speaks through them. He recognizes the voice of God saying, go here. And he decides, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go here. Well, how's that going to end? You know that's not going to end well. Well, the, the, um, the Bible says these examples in the Old Testament are given for our learning, for our examples, these, these accounts, so we can learn. The best way to get experience is from somebody else's experience. Now, some things you got to learn yourself, you know, uh, if, if you're going to learn to drive, it's good to have, to be in a car and learn to drive, not just read about it. And you have to, you know, like in this day, you have to, you have to go through driving school, wait till you're 18, but you got to, you got to have a driving test and you got to actually have some experience. But there's a whole lot of things you don't have to learn that way. You can just learn from somebody else's experience, then you don't have to pay for it. That's much better, if it, especially if it's a negative thing. You just say, okay, don't do that, check. Okay, no, I'm not going to do that. So Jonah, he did what we would say is not a good thing to do. So he decides, I'm going away from where God is telling me. So he gets on the boat. If you know the story, uh, as he goes, it just storms more and more and more, and the people are all scared. They don't know what's going on. And finally, Jonah says, all right, I'm the problem. Throw me over. It's because of me. I'm going in the wrong direction. I know it. Just throw me overboard and everything will be smooth. And they're like, no, we can't throw you over. He said, throw me over. They threw him over. Everything was calm. So then a big fish swallows Jonah. That's a whole other thing. I mean, imagine that. You're in the ocean, number one, or, you know, in the sea. And then a big fish swallows you. Now you can't see anything. So he's in the belly of the fish. Then the fish spits him up. On the, on the shore, and he goes to Nineveh. And so he goes to Nineveh, and he preaches to these people. 
and they repent. They're evil people. They don't love God. And they repent. And they say, we're going to serve God. The, the king just ordered everybody to repent and to get before God. And God had mercy on them. What Jonah was going through declaring, God is going to destroy this place. And they listened. And Jonah, he, he was ecstatic and full of joy that that happened. No, that's not, that's not true. He was like, God, I, I, I just worship. I'm so thankful. You're a God of mercy. I knew it. That's not what he did. So look at Jonah 3.10. This is where we pick up. So God forgave them and didn't destroy them. Verse 10, then God saw their work, saw that they were repenting. It says that they turned from their evil way and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them and he did not do it. Whenever God states something, he says, I'm going to do this, it is under the current conditions. He said, I'm going to destroy them, but they repented. Well, then God said, all right, I'm going to have mercy. You see this in different places in the Bible. So, well, God didn't perform His word. He said, this is the course you're on, and I will do this. But they changed. Well, they gave God the ability to have mercy on them. Then the next verse, Jonah 4, verse 1. So, God saw their works. He didn't destroy them. And then verse 1 says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. What, what made him angry? that they were forgiven. Now look, verse 2, So he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore I, prayed, I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Therefore, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. What is he saying? I knew you would forgive them. They are so wicked and messed up, and I knew if I went and told them and they repented, you would forgive them. Therefore, I didn't want to do it. Therefore, I got on a boat and went far away because I knew you would forgive them. Because you, he says, you are a gracious. He's mad. He's saying this with, the, I mean, it's comical. He's mad. He's saying, I knew it. You are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Therefore, I want to die. That's what he's saying. It sounds like a, I'm not, okay, we're learning, right? Just don't look back in your own life. Just look straight ahead. We're looking at Jonah. It sounds like a three-year-old. It makes no sense. It's like, I knew you were nice. I knew you would forgive him. Kill me. I'm done. That's why I didn't want to come preach to him, because I knew you would be nice about it. So is he, is he looking at the right thing? Is he valuing the pe people just got spared? They are turning to God, and he is furious. Verse 3, therefore, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to, to die than to live. Why? Because his life is so bad? No, because God forgave somebody. 
Then, verse 4, then Jonah said, is it right for you to be angry? (laughs) Is it right that you're so ticked off right now? Verse 5, so Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. There he made himself a shelter and sat under it in the shade till he might see what would become of the city. (laughs) So he's waiting. He's still waiting to see if maybe God will come through and still knock him off the the face of the earth, I guess. I don't know. Verse 6, And the Lord God prepared a plant and made it come up over Jonah, that it might be shade for his head to deliver him from his misery. So Jonah was very grateful for the plant. So a plant came up in a shade, and so Jonah is very happy that he has a plant over his head. He's very grateful for the plant. He's thankful for the plant, because it is giving him shade. Verse 7, but as morning dawned, the next day God prepared a worm, and so it damaged the plant that it withered. And it happened when the sun arose that God prepared a vehement east wind and the sun beat on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. Then he wished death for himself and said, it is better for me to die than to live. So he had a plant over his head and he's really happy about it. And he's thankful about it, but now the plant's God. Now he wants to die again. Verse 9, then, Jonah, then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And he said, it is right for me to be angry, even to death. Yeah, I'm mad and I want to die. Verse 10, but the Lord said, you have had pity on the plant for which you have not labored nor made it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which are more than 120,000 persons, who could not discern between their right hand and their left, and much livestock. So he says, the Lord says to him, you had pity, you were concerned. Other translations say you were concerned, you cared for this plant. And it says he was grateful for the plant that was over him, that just came up. And as soon as it went away, now It's horrible. His life is horrible again, all because people were shown mercy. That's his problem right now. And God said, you are not right. He said, you had pity on the plant. You cared for the plant. But he said, shouldn't I have pity on Nineveh? That's 120,000 human beings that are, they don't know up from down, he said left from right, they're, they're, so, they, they're, they're taught wrong, they don't know anything, they don't know evil from good, and now they're turning to God, and I had pity on them. Or shouldn't I have pity on them? Shouldn't you, that's implying, shouldn't you care more about the people, 120,000 human beings and their destiny, more than a plant? Isn't that what God's saying? Because the plant gave you shade, and so you were happy, and you were thankful for it, because you valued the plant because you're not getting sunburnt right now. But there are 120,000 people that would have perished, and you preached 
the, got to repent to them, and they did so that they're spared, and you're furious about that. You're not thankful about that, which means you value the plant more than you do 120,000 people. How do you look at it? He is so thankful for a plant, and people are changed, and he wants to die. It's not even like he's just, well, just a little bit. He is furious. He doesn't care. Obviously, I mean, he's emotional. He doesn't care about him. And God said, that's not right. Shouldn't You care more about this plant than you do about the people. So like we said earlier, what we value, we're thankful for. He was thankful for the plant. He's not thankful for the people. So he is not putting any value on them. And what we don't value, we take for granted. He, he not only take for granted, this man is furious that somebody is turning to God. But in our own lives, things that we don't value, you're not going to be thankful. You're not going to esteem it. But things you do value, you will esteem. Something that we once were thankful for and valued highly, you can eventually take for granted. It depends on how you're looking for it. Now, Jonah, maybe at some time other in his life, see, he's seen this happen before. He, may, he was thankful. Number one, he should be thankful that he's, he's being used by Almighty God to speak His Word. That is rare. I mean, in Israel, at, at this point, he is a prophet of God. And he is obviously not esteeming that because he's not going to do what God said. He's, maybe earlier he's heard, he's seen what God has done and he was excited about it, but he's seen it happen and he sees these people are so easy, uh, evil, he's saying they don't deserve it. And so I don't want to do it. So he is not esteeming what God is telling him, so he's counting that as common even though God does not use other people like that. He's counting that as common, so he's taking that for granted. And then he goes in the opposite direction and tries to get away from God. And then when he does come to Nineveh and they do change, he just says, well, I knew you were like that. Just does not even touch the fact that all those people were changed. He, he's like, that's, that's, that's of no consequence, no value to me. So that doesn't change his attitude at all. So he might have once been thankful but he's, and not taking it for granted, but at this point he's not. So with us, something that we were once thankful for and valued highly, we could take for granted. Think about relationship, dating relationships, a good example that turns into marriage. Uh, when people first dating and they're, they're talking to the other person, oh, Sometimes you can't get them to shut up about the other person, right? They're thinking, they are so excited about the other person. They're like, you know, uh, and we've all done it, you know, me included, everybody. uh, When people are excited, you know, you're not even talking about their person, but somehow it comes up in the conversation. They're thinking about their person. They're thankful. Every little thing they do, oh, man, it's like they hung the moon. Well, over time... 
even in dating, but then in marriage, spouse, oh, at the beginning, I'm so thankful for this person. They, and you know, just thinking, they basically, I mean, I know, I know nobody's perfect, but man, this person, they're pretty close. Talking about their spouse. Because they just think they got a deal. And you get to know somebody over time, uh, we're all human. We all have faults. Over time, what you really valued highly if we're not careful, can slip to where you take it for granted. You take that person for granted, you don't value it. In fact, you could go in the opposite direction and be like, kill me. <laughs> People do that. Do they not? I want out. I want wait. I, it'd be better to die than to be in this thing. Like Jonah. I, I, want, I want to get out of it. Where they used to be, you can't get them shut up. You know, you could do that with friends. Uh, you could have a new outfit. You know, you buy something and it, you know, now you got something new to wear and it's like, hey, this is a great outfit. But over time, it just becomes one of your old outfits, right? It's just something that you have. You don't value it. You take it for granted. Well, you don't, you're not thankful for it anymore if you don't, you're not careful. You could do this with a new car, you know, get a new car and, uh, and it's great, but over time, it could just be, that's just my car. Not, not thankful. Not valuing it. Place to live, you know, you think, man, oh, this is great. I remember when I was in college, I was looking for a place to live. Um, so I went through two cycles of this. I was in college, and you know, I lived on campus, and I was moving off campus. And I was looking for just a, an inexpensive place to live. And, uh, you know, I, I, I made a list of the places that are available. Didn't want it too far off campus, but wanted it, uh, you know, to be decent. And I looked and, and looked and I would look at different places and was like, well, if, if this is all I can get. Okay, you know, as there's, I remember looking at this one place. It was on the high floor of a building. It was old, looked like. You know, the, the fixtures were really old. It was ugly green. I just remember stuff being green and really old. And I'm like, man, if this is all I can get for this price, okay. That's not really what I had. I knew what I wanted in, in my heart. But I was just trying to find it. And then I found some. It was a little studio apartment. You know, uh, it wasn't, I don't remember, I remember exactly how many square feet it was, but it was just one room, had a little kitchenette, had a, um, little bathroom, you know what I'm talking about? Just one room, little studio, found it, but it was, it had fine carpet, it was not just what I wanted, price was great, and I was just thankful for that. I remember that, I remember that to this day. And then I, I wanted, then I graduated, and I wanted to actually have like a one-bedroom apartment, a little bigger, and I looked everywhere, and man, I wanted to look, and I just kept looking, and you know, then I was working, and I didn't want it too far away, but I wanted it to be a decent price, and I, I knew, knew inside what I wanted, but I was having, everything was more expensive, and I'm looking, I'm looking, and then finally, I was talking to my landlord, and he was like, well, I have this upstairs, I got a one-bedroom, why don't you look at that, and it was perfect, it was just a little bit more money, and it was perfect, and I was so thankful that I had that, I remember that, now to this day, you know, God provided that, and I was thankful you know, if you're not careful over time, that just becomes where you live. That's, that's your apartment. Can you happen with the house? 
just got the, oh, I'm so thankful you get in the house, but then, you know, you got to fix things in the house. You got to keep things up and you can be not so thankful for it. Your job, you could get a job where you are, man, this is the best thing. And I'm so thankful. It's a great job until you start working and you realize there's people here too. <laughs> and they have problems just like the last place. And man, it looks so good when I interviewed, but you know, it's good, but it's not perfect. And hey, they actually have internal issues too. You know, when you see the, the marketing of a company and the, out, the outward uh, even very successful companies, you're going to think, well, there's just, I mean, you're seeing the, the graphic design, you're seeing the marketing part of it, you're seeing everything, uh, and then people are surprised when they get into a company and there's actually just normal issues that they have to turn things out just like everybody else on the planet. And they can think, oh, I'm going to go find something else. Well, you know what, guess what, you're going to be there if you move. And any issues that you're looking at it wrong is going to be there. And you're going to show up and go, gosh, I have the same problems. Well, you're there. And if you, there's certain things that we have to realize we have outlooks and we're looking at something a certain way. And then we show up and go, gosh, I wonder why this is following me. Because, you know, we're there and there's people. And so then you can become ungrateful for something and, and take it for granted. And the thing that you used to thank God every day when you got up and went to work and you were excited, pretty soon you're like, to go there again. You can start grumbling. You can start talking to other people that are on the job. You start being ungrateful. You know, you thought the salary was great until you know you just want, you get into your normal budget and you want more. So then it, now you start complaining about it and wish you had more and then you can badmouth your boss and talk to other coworkers about how bad stuff is. Now everything that you thought was great, now you're not thankful. You don't value it. You don't esteem it where you used to really esteem it. You used to really value it. So you were thankful. You were excited. We can do this with our relationship with God. You can be excited about knowing God. You can be on fire for the things of God. You can be so excited just to get the church to hear. And over time, that could be like, oh, well, it's not that important. Oh, I got something else that I got to do. Oh, I'm, you know, I just... And don't misunderstand me. You're reading the Word. Everybody goes through times when it feels dry. You can feel that way, it just feels dry. Well, okay, you push through it, and you, it's the Word of God anyway, and if you'll look to God and, and thank Him anyway, the feelings can follow. But if you start getting derailed because of the feelings, then we're being led by the wrong thing. Just the Word, uh, church, you could be so thankful to be in the presence of other believers and so thankful to hear the Word of God, but over time feel... That's not that big. I don't think I'll go. I don't know if I want to, you know, I got something else. And you cannot esteem, you cannot be thankful for what you had. We can do this with anything where we are valuing something, we're thankful for it, and then we start to take it for granted. And it's all about where our value system is and how we're looking at something. The flip side is also true, though. Something that you were taking for granted or are taking for granted, you can start valuing. You can change. There are things that we have in our lives that we could think we don't even realize we're taking them for granted, so we're not thankful, but that can change. 
You could start looking at stuff as valuable and all of a sudden you realize what a treasure you have already in different areas and suddenly you can become thankful for it because how, why, why would that be? You value it. You realize, wait a minute, I have this thing? I have this in my life? You know, health. Young people a lot of times or people that have, no, have never had a health issue, they don't value what they have. Is that not true? Just the fact that you get up and have no pain and go through the day and have no problems and get to jump around and have nothing, uh, that is a privilege. For There's a lot of people on the planet that, that would love just to have that. You ever bang your toe real hard? You find out how important your little toe is or your thumb, your arm, have something happen where you can't use... Uh, you know, your eye or something happens with your mouth. You know, when you go to the dentist and you can't, now they, they numb part of your face because you have to get a cavity filled or something and you can't use it. You realize you need to fill the inside of your mouth when you're chewing. Otherwise, you can chew your cheek and it really hurts. Anybody do that? It's all numb and you're eating and all of a sudden you feel like you're, wait a minute, I didn't think I was eating something that chewy and you bite through and that was your cheek. When you realize how thankful you are just to be able to feel the inside of your mouth, it's like, gosh, I never thought about that before. It's just nice to be able to do normal things. But you can become, when something like that happens, you realize, wait a minute, I, I'm dealing, I have actually good stuff every day that I could be thankful. I get to use my hands and my feet, and I can hear, and I can see, wow, I am super rich. I, I, now I'm, I'm, I'm thankful, I'm valuing it. It was there all along, it's just I wasn't looking at it right. Same thing with relationships. You know, you can have people in your life, like we talked about them fading out. You could realize I'm, I'm, I'm not valuing people. I'm not valuing something. I have this precious gift in my life, and I'm taking them for granted. We can totally tell how we're valuing things by how we, how, if we're thankful, if we esteem it. You know, the meals. Maybe somebody cooks you meals. You know, we tell jokingly with Andrew, it's like, you're going to be thankful for what mom's doing when you go off <laughs> to college. You're going to realize certain things, you know, you train them, do your best, but you're going to realize, wow, I had it really good. You know, Brianna's already been out and on her own. She likes coming back, and hey, you know, it's a little different. It just, to be in an environment where, you know, you, you have the home-cooked meals and, and different things. You know, she makes food on her own, but it's just different when somebody's doing it. Well, you can take that for granted. And if you're all just like, well, it doesn't matter. Well, no, you, you don't know what you have. You're not looking at the right thing. Just, I read this recently. Look at Proverbs 23, 15. It says, my son, if your heart is wise, my heart will rejoice. Indeed, I myself, yes, my inmost being will rejoice when your lips speak right things. This is one of the, mo this is one of the most valuable things you'll ever see is what it's talking about right here. And I'll read another verse. 
as well. But look at this real quick. Verse 15, my son, if your heart is wise, talking about your son, your daughter, your child, if your heart is wise, my heart will rejoice. If you're, if you're walking in the right ways, I'm so thankful for that. Verse 16, yes, my inmost being will rejoice when your lips speak right things. You can't buy that. For your children to walk in the right things, it's saying, I will rejoice over that. That's nothing to take for granted. Look at Proverbs 23, 24. It says, the father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. And he who begets a wise child will delight in him. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. Esteeming just children following God. So, so precious. More valuable than any money. Things that are truly precious. How do you know the things that are precious and not precious? We have to look at it through the perspective of God. True wisdom is going to value what we experience on this earth. Look at Romans 1, verse 18. So we saw Jonah. He's, he's concerned with something that's really temporal, a plant springing up and going away because it makes him more comfortable. And when it's gone, he's mad, but the the actual spiritual condition of thousands of people, he doesn't esteem that at all. So his value system is warped. He's looking at something very temporal, valuing that. He's grateful for it, but something that is actually of eternal value, very important, he dismisses that. Why is that? Is it just, so somebody says, just be thankful. You see, it's not just you being thankful. Why are you thankful? What is driving true thankfulness? Because you can say, oh, I'm so thankful for that, thankful, and you don't mean it at all. You know, you receive a gift from somebody. Yes, it's polite to say thankful, to say thank you, but if something is truly valuable to you, you you're, it's a heartfelt, I thank you because you value that thing. It's not just a formality. We're not talking about, well, just start saying you're thankful for things. Let's just be positive. That's better than being negative. But to tell Jonah, just be positive, he wants to die. There's something, it's not just what he's saying, it's why is it coming out? Why do you value a plant so much more than people? What is, see, it's, it's not about trying to do the superficial well, I'm just a thankful person. It's what is the heart condition, the value system that causes you to be thankful because when the value system is there, you don't have to force the thankfulness. When you're thankful or esteem something, like all these examples we said earlier, you don't have to get somebody to be thankful, force them to be thankful when they're really excited about something. The man we read about, that found the treasure in the field and bought the field, it said with joy he sold everything he had and bought the field because he esteemed the treasure. And so he was automatically thankful, he's excited. You didn't have to say, well, you know, you ought to, you ought to do... No. His, his value was there. You don't have to get... If somebody is truly excited and esteems something... You don't have to try to get them to talk about it. Don't try to have to get them to be thankful. They are, because that's where their heart is. 
Here we can see Romans 1 verse 18. Notice the way this is stated. See, all of us have things in our life. I mean, we have life in front of us, and we have different areas of life that we could, if we value things right, we can be very grateful today, not just because I just have to be thankful, but because we start to see the value, the true value of things, we can be grateful because our value system changed. And that comes from looking at things the way God does. Romans 1.18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is, is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. He's saying that God's attributes are clearly seen in the world. Verse 21, because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Notice, it's saying people have gone in the opposite direction of God, and they're unrighteous, because even though they knew God, they didn't glorify Him as God. Even though they knew that He was God, they didn't say, He is God. I'm glorifying Him as God. And it says, nor were they thankful. They weren't thankful to God. They weren't saying, Lord, God, You are God. You are the, the Creator. I worship You. I'm thankful that I have breath. I'm thankful that I know who You are. I want to be closer to You. They saw God, but they didn't press in and do anything about it because they didn't value it. That is rampant in the world. People don't esteem the things of God. They're not thankful for the things of God. In fact, they despise the things of God. Why? Because they, their value system is warped. And this says, they, they didn't glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile or useless in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools because their value system is warped. They don't even see the reality of God and the things of God as being valuable. They're looking at something else as being valuable. And in our lives then, we, what we need to see is, am I looking at stuff the way God sees it? Am I valuing Him? Am I valuing the people? Am I valuing the circumstances? Am I valuing what is in my life? Am I looking at it the way God sees it? Because then my perspective can change in an instant. Things that I w were taking for granted, I can realize, wait a minute, I actually have a lot here and I can be thankful for these things and it changes because of my value system, not because I just decided to superficially start thanking God for things. I see that I have so much value in my life already. I, I, I can see it. I'm like, oh, I, I see things the way through God's eyes, and now I'm so grateful. 
I'm so grateful. Lord, I, you start with him. Lord, I'm so thankful that, oh, I know you. If you've come to know Jesus, if you've come to know God uh, through the Lord Jesus, you can say, I, I have everything for eternity. I'll know him. Now, these other things I can take care of, but number one, I know Him. I can start being thankful for that. The people in our lives, what we do have in our lives, we can say, wait a minute, I do have. I do have something. I can be thankful for it. And it, and it stems from the wisdom of God, from knowing Him and knowing His outlook and His view. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you also were called in one body, and be, what? Thankful. Let the peace of God. See, when we understand how God views things, we, when we understand the true value of things, then we can be at peace, and it'll lead to us just being thankful for where we are now. See, if we're always looking at something else and we got the wrong value system, we'll say, well, but I don't have this, but I don't have this. Jonah was furious because he didn't have a plant and it totally robbed him of his peace so much he, he wanted to die. He wanted to die beforehand because God forgave people. Now he was happy for a little bit because there was a plant there. Now that, that went away, so now he wants to die again. He had no peace and he could have. He could have been rejoicing because right before him was a miracle and God helped the, the, these, he forgave these people and they changed it. He could have been at peace. He could have had a party that day. He could have been glorifying God, you know, whether the sun was there or not, whether there's a plant there or not. He could have been thankful all the way through that. But so many times the way we are is we're looking at the plant. We're looking at something that is here and then gone. And we're letting it just derail our lives when in fact there are things that we could be having a rejoicing party the whole time. And we're letting the life slip by us because we're looking at the wrong thing. We don't value the right thing. And as we value the right thing, we suddenly, our day changes. Our week, our month changes. Our life changes. We see, God, I see what you see. I'm set right now. I can enjoy today. It doesn't mean everything's perfect. It doesn't mean everything is always going. There, there, there are challenges in life. But we know the things that are truly valuable and we focus on those and thanksgiving flows from that. Amen.